Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Take your Bibles and turn to, uh, we'll be in Exodus 20 this morning. Um, I tell you what, why don't y'all, uh, let's join together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and I thank you for uh, the song that we just, uh, we sang or we listened to or we read the words that uh, you are our God, you came as a servant, you came to serve. Help us to serve one another. And you're a king. You rule. So when we watch the news or when someone says hurtful things or when there is confusion about our purpose or about our our career or or family, we know that you're a king. That's what your word says. Let us say it. Let churches say it so people can know it. Thank you that you're king. You give us life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So this summer, we are uh, doing a series called Follow. Uh, it's uh, essentially how we would follow the Lord. And so we're looking at ten specific ways to follow, which are the ten commandments. And, you know, we're going to deal in these ten weeks with every commandment. So we're going to hit coveting. We're going to hit adultery. Uh, we will hit uh, murder, stealing, worshiping other gods, talking about them one a week each week. In addition to that, uh, I've said this, you know, I, I love, and we love at Bellwether, that if you want to ask anything, please ask it. There's an ask anything box on the table in the foyer, and we will deal with your questions uh, this, this summer. Uh, often, uh, it can tie into some things that the Ten Commandments deal with. Uh, adultery, coveting, worshiping, having false idols. So any questions, you can just drop a card in the box. It can be anonymous, and we promise we'll deal with your question. But I do want to get a little preface, especially for those of y'all who were not here last week. You know, why the Ten Commandments? Because it's easy if, if you're Christian be like, well, that's, that's like Old Testament. So that's old law. And Jesus is about grace and love. So, you know, why are you dealing with... Ten Commandments, I mean, it definitely sounds like rules, and, and some of you may have come to Christ or church because, you know, it's not about the rules, it's about grace that is freely given, as we just sang about. However, the Ten Commandments shows us a couple things. Uh, I mentioned these verses last week, they won't be up on screen, but you should write these down. First off, the commandments, or the law, it shows us our sin. Paul says this, Romans 7, 7. He said, it's because of the law that I know my sin. So God had a purpose for the law. There's a purpose of the Ten Commandments. It shows us how we need Christ. It shows us our sin. They also give us freedom. And this is something not uh, a lot of folks get. I didn't always get this. Because you think, well, commandments, it says, don't do this. So that's not really free. Freedom is you can do whatever you want. A great verse or a passage is 2 Corinthians 3, 15 through 17. Paul says to the church at Corinth and to the church today, he says, when people who don't know the Lord look at Moses' law, they see a burden. There is a veil over their eyes. But in Christ, if you look at the law, the veil is lifted and you see freedom. For with the Lord there is freedom. I love that passage. 
Because see, he says, if you don't have Christ and you look at the law, you see a burden and you see bondage. And in Christ, the veil is lifted and you see freedom. What do you mean? I talked about this last week, that real love always has boundaries. And so when you love Jesus, he has set a plan, uh, literally a life, a way for us. And so when you have Christ in your heart and you're looking at all of Scripture, as the video said, you see freedom. That's what the Lord calls us to. And then also, it shows us a life. A life. You know, we talk about uh, grace and works. That you're saved by grace, but you're not saved by works, but there are works to do. Like, how, how does that fit? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Paul says you're saved by grace through faith. Not of your own doing. It is a gift from God. Not through works, so no one can boast. Yet then in verse 10 he says, For we are God's workmanship, created for good works, prepared beforehand to live in. You have this combination of grace that we believe in by faith, and then work to do. So the law, the commandments, definitely have their purpose to shape a life, your life. And that's why we're looking at them. One a week this summer. Now, um, you know, I, I talked to you all about rise with God, getting close to God. And so today's commandment that we're looking at really, really deals with that. There's a pastor I admire. Uh, I don't know him that well, but uh, he, he pastors a church up in St. Louis. And I was at a conference one time, and I asked uh, him a question, and I said, uh, you know, how, how, do you, how do you grow close with God? I mean, it's a pretty general question. And he said an answer that, uh, that I'll never forget, and it wasn't what I expected. He said, you ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Let me say that again. This is his answer. Pastor I admire says, uh, to get close with God, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Sounds simple, not that easy to do because uh, we hurry. We, we hurry for, I mean, 24-7. There are things to do. We have our schedules. We have our to-do list. We got to get it done. And, and get this, a lot of times, this doesn't even have to do with work or like career. A lot of the hurry and the rushing is for, say, A, social schedules. I mean, or just keeping up with the Joneses can be tiring. I mean, anybody amen on that? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And then our kids. And look, I love my kids. Y'all love y'all's kids. Hurry and and rushing uh, for our kids, kids' stuff. Or, because we know how our world runs, I mean, making sure our kids keep up with the Joneses. Can I get an amen on that? You know what I'm saying? So making sure, you know, it's like, you know, people say, hey, Mississippi's not really a state, it's a club. Well, we want to make sure that they get in the club, right? You know? And if we don't, so we hurry. We hurry. So today, if you hadn't figured out already, today's commandment is, is Sabbath. Is Sabbath. Uh, you see, um, the Lord, the God, 
has given us in His Word, and not just in the Ten Commandments we're going to see, a command to weave, rest, into our schedules and into our souls. He commands it. And I always say this too, you know, it is the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Okay? I mean, it's not Ten Suggestions, it's Ten Commands. And... But this is one we really treat as a suggestion. We really do. I mean, we don't, uh, I mean, I hope you don't, uh, I mean, I hope you don't treat do not murder as a suggestion, but a command, you know? I mean, I really hope you don't treat do not commit adultery as a suggestion, but treat it as a command. But, you know, honor the Sabbath, take a Sabbath, we're like, eh, you know, suggestion. Thanks, but, you know, I got my own, got my own list, got my own plan, got my own schedule. So this is one we certainly treat as a suggestion. I'm not saying you, I'm me, guilty, okay? But the Lord gave it to us. So let's look, Exodus 20, at this commandment, verse 8 through 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, a command, not a suggestion, to have a day. Can we give the Lord a day? Can we trust the Lord for a day? Can we rest? I mean, can, can we really rest and let go? Not just let go of work, maybe let go of even social schedules. Maybe let go of our phones. Can we just focus on God and focus on some important people in our life for a day? Can we take a nap for a day? Can we do this when our world screams, no, don't. And it does in in so many ways. It's a command, but it's not only in the Ten Commandments. What I want you to see, Jesus, who is Jesus, who is Lord, took Sabbaths regularly for set days and set times. So let's look at Jesus. If you want to skip to Mark 1, just a couple verses, verse 35 through 37. It'll be up on screens as well. Look at what Jesus did. This is Jesus, Savior, Lord. Got a lot to do, a lot of people to heal. And look at what he does. Mark 1, verse 35, says, Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Now you're saying, that might not have been a Sunday, you know. Jesus didn't necessarily take Sabbaths. He took time. This was early in the morning. But here's what I want you to see. Everybody is pulling at Jesus, and he pulls away. He pulls back. Let me say this again. Because we all have people pulling at us. Here's Jesus. Simon the disciple says, everybody needs you. Everybody wants you. 
he checks out. He goes to his quiet place, prayer, prayer closet. People are pulling at Jesus, and he pulls back. He pulls away. Look, seriously, listen. People are always going to be pulling at us. People are always going to be pulling at you. And often, it is our kids. But we have to, that's why it's a command, take time to pull away. You have to, I'm saying this, you've got to take time to pull back. And here's why. If you don't, if you don't, you will begin, this is the truth, seen it, lived it. If you don't, you'll begin to see people as a threat and not an opportunity. You say that again. You don't pull back. You don't get rise with God time. You don't check out on occasion. You'll see people as a threat and not an opportunity. And I'm, and I'm talking about people who you would care about. You're like, oh man, just you know, one more thing to do. It's a threat to your time. It's a threat to your plan. It's a threat to your kingdom, your little K kingdom. There'll be a threat to it. And if you have time with the Lord, you can see, and I've seen this, you can see everybody as an opportunity. People you would not normally hang out with, people you may not necessarily like, they're an opportunity for his kingdom, his kingdom. And I'm not talking about just leading them to Christ, but that may well be it. It may just be building a relationship. Jesus did, we're called to. So a couple things about Sabbath. What is Sabbath? What does it lead us to? Why is it important? First, Sabbath reminds us that we are not God. Newsflash, we're not God. Newsflash, you're not God. I know you're like, I know that. Tell me something. No, we need, we need reminders. It reminds us that we are not God. We cannot keep going at 400 RPMs, like over and over. And, I mean, you can't. You physically can't. We physically, I can't. I can't. Sabbath is a reminder that we're not, that we're not God. But it does tell us that we're a human being. And get this. this I mean, just think about it. This commandment is God saying, it's God giving us a right. He said, you can, you can be a human being for a day. Because see, Sabbath is about rest, so take some time to rest. Sabbath is about good food. I like to eat. We're going to eat. Eat well. Sabbath is about drink. Sabbath is about play. Sabbath is, God, say, God is giving us a right to, like, to be his created being, to be alive for a day. Enjoy creation for a day. This God, that's our God. That's what he's saying. It's a reminder, we're not God, he created us, but it also reminds us that he is God. What did he do? I know we all learned this in Sunday school, like, man, I know that. No, you don't, because hardly anybody takes Sabbaths. I mean, if you knew it, you'd do it, you'd live it. Or we know it conceptually, we don't know it in our heart. God, he worked seven days, he worked six days, he rested on the seventh day, from day eight on, he rules, as we sang about So we're saying, God worked, then he rested, and now he rules. So Sabbath is a reminder, I'm not God, but he is God, and he is ruling, and he is working, 
even when I can't see it, and I can trust in Him to do His deal and keep it on, and He's got it under control. Can you, can you do that for a day? Can we do that for a day? Can we rest for a day? So, Sabbath reminds us we're not God. Sabbath also leads us to worship. And this is important. I mean, you chill on a Sabbath. You relax. You rest. I mean, it's what we need to do. But we also worship. It's about leading us to worship. That's why church on the Sabbath. And, I mean, it's also important to see how going to church, how being part of a church community, I mean, is tied into this day of rest. You're like, well, how is it? Well, think about this. Like, how do you come to church here? Let's think about it. Like, how do, how do you come to church? How do, you, how do you get ready? How do you arrive? Now, I hope that you come to church here because you want to. And I do think we've grown a culture like that, that, you know, I mean, please do not come here because you feel like you have to come here. That's never been part of our DNA. It's not what we want. I mean, we want you to want to come here. And I want all Christians all across the world to want to come to church. So when you come to church, do you go, because, man, I feel like I have to, or it's like the law, or it's what I'm supposed to do, especially for, for kids, for, for our youth. That is, that's not the message that we ever want to convey. We want you to go to church because you, you want to. For people, for God's word, for worship. Sabbath leads us to worship. But also, do you come here scattered? I mean, I know many of us do because I see how we walk in. You know, we're rushed. I mean, a lot of us, and man, I'm thankful you even come. I mean, getting kids together, you know, got three under eight. I mean, I know the deal. Amen, sweetie? Amen. I mean, gee, we know the deal. And so you can come in scattered, and then it's like, you know, I mean, we got the songs, but it's, it's taking you, you know, 15 minutes just to kind of get into it. And, oh, there's people, and then, oh, there's that announcement time. What is that? What is he saying? And then another song, and then maybe, you know, 10 minutes in, you're like, man, I'm kind of focused here. And by communion, you're like, yeah, let me just pray for a minute. And then you're, I mean, I mean, we get it. What I'm saying is Sabbath should lead us to, to worship. And it should be the most focused day of the week. It should be the most planned day of the week. Where you, you plan your rest. You plan your worship. I mean, it should. It shouldn't be the most scattered day of the week. Or the most nonchalant day of the week. It should be, so man, this is God's day that He's given me. And I want to leverage it to rest, to worship. To chill, to relax, but to come in a very focused time. And to do that, you got to get quiet. So, you know, so often, even though, I mean, I know going out to dinner Saturday night, but it would be optimal if you said Sunday morning, woke up before church and just had some quiet time and just let the Lord speak to me and, and hear from, from the Lord. And... Just kind of get still. Because if, if you don't get still, you don't get quiet, you're not going to receive. But, but amen, hallelujah, one praise. I'm going to say this. He didn't know. I'm going to say this. Just one guy. I'm not going to say who. But said, you know, today's usually a Sunday I skip because of the French Open. And amen, I love the French Open in Wimbledon. And he came to church today. Amen? Amen. amen. Praise God. There we go. So somebody came to church. Okay. Last thing. The Sabbath 
The Sabbath reminds us we're not God. The Sabbath leads us to worship. But look, the Sabbath shows us the gospel. There is a command. There is a commandment that reminds us we're saved. You connect that with Sabbath. What you do does not save you. Jesus did the work. What I do does not save me. Jesus did the work. That's the gospel. The gospel is Jesus on the cross. It is finished. He did what needed to be done. There's a commandment that reminds us, that should remind us, that can remind us, hey, it's not what I do that gives me significance to God. It's not how hard I work. It's not building my little K kingdom. You believe in Jesus, grace through faith, you're saved. You have salvation. You have glory. You have heaven. You also have life. He says abundant life here on earth. So what we do, though, all the time is we try to earn our salvation. And Sabbath is God's way of saying you can stop. You can slow down. You can chill. I've done all the work. Can you trust me for a day? It is not your work or your good deeds or the multiple mission trips you go on or all the good that is going to save you. I've done the work. Can you trust the Lord for a day? Because if you trust him for your life, certainly you can trust him for a day. And maybe if you can't trust him for a day, maybe you really haven't trusted him for your life. You might need to think about that. Sabbath reminds us of the gospel, that Jesus has done all the work, and the Holy Spirit is working right now in people, in hearts, in relationships, in the world, and he's going to do a lot more than we can ever do. So we can rest for a day. Now, I want to say this. Sabbath is not just a day. It is a life. It is a heart that's still. It is a life that takes time daily, I believe, to have Sabbath time. That's what I call rise with God time. You're like, what is a Sabbath life? A Sabbath life is saying, I'm going to be intentional to make time with God every day. Not because I have to, because I want to. It is a desire. It is a different affection. Your affections have changed. So you want to rise with God. We say rise to God because Jesus got up early. Mark 1, it says it right here. Jesus got up early to pray. So I encourage, I mean, what I do is I get up early. And I make time with the Lord to read the Bible, to pray. Sabbath is a life. I mean, imagine a life where that is woven into daily. How your life might change. How your growth might change. How your relationships might change. Because I know not everybody would take that time every day. I know some of you do. I know you do. And you can amen it too, or you can encourage others that don't. Man, it's a wonderful, it's a gift from God. It's to be still and listen to him. You can take that time. Sabbath is a life of that time. And when you do that, I believe it builds to what we say, John 10, 16. There's freedom to go to others. Do you know Jesus did this all the time? Like, I always think Jesus, I mean, Jesus loved God. And Jesus would hang out with his disciples. But Jesus hung out with non-believers all the time. All the time. And so when you have that centeredness in the Lord, you can go to others more and more. With the security, with the knowledge that God's working, that God can work through you. So you can hang out with all types of people. Secure in your faith, secure that God is working So a Sabbath life gives rest, gives security, serenity, 
where you have time with God and you have time with others to grow His kingdom, big K kingdom. You can do that when you take time with God. Last couple things I'd say is, it's simple. You know, like, well, what do I do? I mean, thanks. I mean, take time. I mean, what, what do I do? I mean, okay, you said come to church. You're the pastor. You would say that. But what do I do? So here, here's some things. Here's some things I'd encourage you to do on a Sabbath. When you, when you get to the point where you're like, I've got to take a day. And I want you to take a day. First off, simple. Did the video. I've said this over and over again. Read the Bible. You're like, oh, I know that. Sunday. No, I mean... Get in God's word. Get in God's word for yourself, for your heart, for knowledge, for your relationships. Just take time. Plan time. I say it like this. You know, you wouldn't just wake up and uh, say, hey, let's go on vacation today, and, and, and you're gone. Some might. But you've got to, you know, rent the condo or, you know, plan the time or take the time off. And so you need to get it into a routine of, of planning the time with God. Just read your Bible. Turn off TV and phone. You're like, man, that just blew my Sabbath away. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, time, you know, games, you know, tennis. Not that we're all tennis fans. You know, it's not SEC football season yet. But, you know, turn off the TV. Turn off the phone. Um, You know, I get this a lot. It's a condition, PPV. You heard of PPV? Phantom phone vibration. Did it it buzz? You know, is that that another text? All the time. Who, Who texts me? Who is it? Is that a call? Turn it off for a day. Half a day, two hours, can you turn it off? We're going to talk about idols next week. So that'll be, that'll be it, yeah. Chris has got that one. Huh. Um, but seriously, I'm preaching to the choir here, me. Turn it off. Have some time to celebrate. Like, celebrate life. And go to a nice dinner. Enjoy time with friends. Enjoy your spouse. If you're married, talked about marriage two weeks ago. Begin to enjoy your spouse again. Have time to play. Practice slowing down. Anybody know, anybody know that? Slow down? Like, live life for a day in the slow lane. Just slow to practice slowing. Again, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life for a day. Sleep late. Stay in bed. I mean, it's restorative. Do it for a morning. Do it for a day. You're like, well, i got to come to church. Well, you know, you can go to church and still sleep a little late. But sleep late. Rest. Take a nap then. Do these things. Cultivate these. Be a human being. Rest. It's a command that gives life. So I just... It's very simple. Can, can you surrender to him? I mean, can you? Can, can you let it go? Can you say, God, I'll let you for a day? Can you let go? Can you surrender? You say in your mind, a lot of you saying right now, well, I'll rest when the work is done. The work will never be done. The work is never done. So, can you say, I can rest because his work is done? And he is working right now. Can you believe that? I can rest because his work is finished and he is working right now. So I can trust him, not just for eternal security, which we can, but for my life and for my job and for those relationships 
and for my future college career and definitely for one day. It's the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for me. I pray for my family. I pray for these here that we would obey for our good, for your glory, and take a day to enjoy you and to, to rest because your work is complete for our salvation and you are working in huge and powerful ways right now and that we can trust you for that. I pray, I pray for people here, not here, because as pastor I see and hear their lives. Uh, the hurry, uh, the rush, the, the frantic schedules, uh, the worry, and it does come down to the gospel to believe that we can rest because you finished your work and that you're working. And so I, I pray, I pray that they would know that you're doing a work right now in them. That it's not anything I'd say or anybody else that says. Ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that says you can rest. And I pray they'd receive and respond to you. In your name, we pray. Amen.